1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, as I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. If you have a Bible, we're going to start off again in Luke 8, 11. And we're in this series on four things we must confess. And we got into this after the Holy Week revival this year, which was Confession Brings Possession. I've taught this twice on Wednesday nights, but we've never taught this on Sunday morning. It seemed like the thing to do. So our series is four things we must confess. And when we deal with topics like faith, prayer, healing, prosperity, or confession, uh, don't tune us out. Don't say, well, I've heard all of that. Because we're walking in greater revelation and greater blessing than ever before. So have ears to hear. Tell your neighbor, have ears to hear. So in Luke 8, 11, Jesus said, this is the meaning of the parable, the seed is the Word of God. And you know, I'm 65 years old, but I never cease to be amazed at the power of seeds. I never cease to be amazed at the power of seeds. We're in springtime now, and the spring rain's coming, and if they're not out there, they will be out there. Over here, a little bit to the southwest of this building, in one of the, uh, in the field over here on this 55 acres. How many decades ago, some farmer's wife planted flowers and they're still coming up I mean it's just amazing it's just amazing you know the power of seeds planted and our words are seeds and the most powerful seed words we can plant are words from the word of God the seed is the word of God and we are to sow the good seed of God's word into the soil of our lives. And one way we do that is through confession. Just look what has happened to this country in the last uh, 14, 15 months because of words. Because of words. Because of some guy going on talk shows every week and contradicting everything he said the seven days previous. The, the, the power... You, for the rest of your life, no one should ever have to convince you about the power of words. I mean, how many lost their jobs? How many lost their life savings? 40% of all the dollars created since George Washington have been created since last spring. 40%. 
I mean, I filled up one of my cars this week. It was three thirty-nine a gallon, and just uh, in January it was a dollar eighty-nine a gallon. I mean, when you print money, you destroy money. So we, every one of us, ought to understand the power of words. This series is about understanding the power of words and not speaking negative words but speaking positive words, and the most positive words we can speak are words of God. So we are to sow the good seed of God's word into the soil of our lives, and one way we do that is by our confession. The seed knows its business. Say it out loud. The seed knows its business. You know, Sue the other day, wanted she, what she wanted to say was, you want me to slice up an apple for you? She said, you want me to make an apple? And I said, well, only God can do that. <laughs> but nobody ever put an apple seed in the ground and got a tomato. Nobody ever put a tomato seed in the, in the ground and got a, a coconut tree, a palm tree. The seed knows its business. Amen? And we know this from the Word of God. Everything produces after its own kind. After its own kind. So you don't have to understand how it works, just know that it works and then take action. There's probably not anybody here that understands how a little black hard thing can be planted in the ground and a few months later produce a great big green thing full of red juicy uh, meat or fruit, a watermelon. We don't understand that. You don't need to understand it. You know, people are always saying, well, I don't understand that. That's the beauty of it. You don't have to understand it. All you got to do is plant the watermelon seed because the seed knows its business. See, you may not know what you're doing, but God knows what he's doing. Amen. Let me say something else about the last year and how we went down this path. There was something missing from the beginning. There was something missing from the beginning. And I'll tell you exactly what it was. It was faith in God. Now, we know, everybody went to school before probably 1980 knows, that it was an asteroid that hit this earth, changed the climate, and killed the dinosaurs. Now, if you went to school after 1980, you may not know that. You may know about climate change, but you may not know about what took out the dinosaurs. Why is it then? that no major asteroid has hit the earth since man's been on the planet? Why is it that there's never been a, a virus take out a third of the population or half the population or whatever since man's been on the planet? There's one answer, one word. What is the answer? God. And nowhere in this discussion over the last 14 or 15 months has anybody with any authority given any credit to God or, or even called a day of prayer to God or given God any credit whatsoever. And that's why we got what we got. Because man is going to fix it. No, he's not. He's going to screw it up worse. Amen. Man, man, man can't even get you toilet paper. So forget all of that. 
and just go with the Word of God. Oh, pastor, you know, you, you probably dropped out of school in the seventh grade. You're such an ignoramus. You just think we ought to go back to the Bible. Well, it sure beats what we've been living in. It sure beats the mess that man has created. Amen. I'd rather have 1% of what God has for me than 100% of what Fauci's got for me. So just know that it works. You don't have to understand how a watermelon seed can make a watermelon. You just have to take action. God's word has been given to you as a seed for what you need. God's word is a seed you plant. And the seed forces the soil to produce. So force the good soil of your heart and your life to produce with your confession of God's word. Put positive pressure on your circumstances with God's word. Force your circumstances to change for the better with God's word. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. That young man, Sue read that testimony. He stayed with his confession and you know what? He's eating the fruit thereof. Amen. In spite of all the contrary evidence, he stayed with his confession, and now he's eating the fruit thereof. In your life, you are the farmer. Tell your neighbor, you're the farmer. See, you may look like a city slicker, but you're not. You're just a farmer. You determine the seeds you sow. You determine the words you speak. So change your life and circumstances for the better. Change what you're saying, change what you're confessing, and change your life. Words spoken in faith put positive pressure on the circumstances. Words spoken in faith put positive pressure on the circumstances. Now, according to God's word, you are everything God says you are, regardless of whether or not you are presently experiencing all of God's word in every area of your life. Say it out loud, I am what God says I am. Again, say it out loud. I am what God says I am. So, so you may be experiencing 2% of it, but it doesn't matter. You are everything God says you are. To live a victorious Christian life, you must know and confess who you are in Christ. And the first thing we must confess is who we are in Christ. Who are we in Christ? Well, we're new creations. Say it out loud. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone. The new has come. I have new life in Christ. Who are we in Christ? Well, we are complete in Jesus. To complete means to be whole and to lack nothing. Say it out loud. I'm complete in Jesus. I am whole. I am complete. I lack nothing in him. I have everything I need. <clears throat> Who are we in Christ? Well, we are qualified to inherit the kingdom. Say it out loud. I'm qualified. I have been rescued. Who are we in Christ? We are redeemed from the curse of the law. You know, just this morning I was doing a little extra Bible reading, trying to catch up from what I didn't do last night. And I'm in Galatians 3 and Galatians 4. It's just amazing to me how many preachers of the gospel apparently don't know that Galatians 3 is in the New Testament. It's just amazing to me. Look at verses 13 and 14. Christ redeemed us. What tense is that? Christ redeemed us. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree. He redeemed us. What tense is that? 
he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. And that's why I like, I mean, I've got King James Bibles at home and I, I refer to them sometimes in messages. <clears throat> but that's why it's important, I believe, I believe, my personal opinion, that we ought to do our Bible reading in a modern English translation because it's easier to pay attention to things like tenses in a modern translation. Christ redeemed us, past tense, from the curse of the law. He redeemed us, past tense, in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles. <clears throat> now, I know it's hard to believe, but Abraham spent his entire life as a natural man. There was not one day of Abraham's life that he was a new creation in Christ because it would have been impossible to be that back then. So the only way, the only way God had of blessing Abraham was materially because he was not, he was a spiritual being, but his spirit man had not been recreated. His spirit man had not been made alive in Christ because at that point in time, that would have been impossible. So the only way God had to bless his man Abraham was to, like Job, was to bless him materially. Now, when you go over to the book of Hebrews, and apparently there's a lot of God's preachers don't know that the book of Hebrews is in the New Testament, because in the book of Hebrews it says that we have a superior covenant, and we have a superior high priest, and we have superior promises. In my entire adult life, I have wondered why, if Christianity has a superior high priest, and if Christianity has superior, a superior covenant, and if Christianity has superior promises, why do Christians almost invariably get inferior results? Well, it's ignorance. And like they'll tell you in court, when you say, I didn't know the speed limit was 35 when you were going 85, the judge will tell you ignorance is no excuse. So it's been there the whole time. Tell your neighbor, Hebrews has been in the Bible the whole time. Tell the neighbor on the other side, Galatians has been in the Bible the whole time. So ignorance is no excuse. So everything that is in the old, the new has to do plus more. You ladies, if you went to the grocery store and you bought Tide and it was new and improved and you took it home and it didn't clean anything, you would be upset because if it's new and improved, it's got to do everything the old did plus more. So when he says we have a superior covenant with a superior high priest and superior promises, it's got to do everything the old did plus more. And so while Christians have been fooling around embracing the curse, we didn't win, forget about winning the world to Christ. The country went to hell. What is the curse? Sin, sickness, poverty, and eventually death. We dealt with this last Sunday. Everybody's going to die unless the Lord comes. But there's no scripture that tells you you've got to die sick. <clears throat> you can die of old age. Amen. I've already got this covered. I want to go home. I want to eat a nice meal with everybody. 
I want to go in for my Sunday nap. See, I want to preach the Word of God one last time. I want to go in for my Sunday nap and then just cross over. But I don't believe that'll ever happen because before that ever happens, the Lord Jesus, I believe, is coming for all of us. Amen. Amen. So forget about, hey, you might not even die. Amen. And that'd be slick. That'd be slick. I, I mean, it'd be slick to never have to watch another, another news conference. I mean, that'd be slick. And then uh, talk about new and improved. So whatever he's got for me up there has got to be what I got right now, which must be something. Amen. Transportation's got to beat the transportation I have right now. It must be something. All of it. Can't be anything inferior. Can't be anything less. So he redeemed us. Say it out loud. He redeemed us. Say it out loud. He delivered us. Say it out loud. He set us free. Say it out loud. He translated us from the dominion of Satan into the kingdom of light. Our problem is we haven't renewed our mind to this. I am no less in the kingdom of light right now than I will be a hundred years after I've been in heaven. But see, we have not renewed our mind to this. That's why we let the devil push us around. Say it, tell your neighbor, I am right now in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, because he redeemed us. He translated us. The curse can be found in Deuteronomy 28, sin, sickness, poverty, and eventually leads to death. But you have, been de- you have been delivered from the curse of the law. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Say it out loud. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I've been redeemed from sickness. I've been redeemed from poverty and lack and not enough. Who are we in Christ? We are heirs of Abraham. Say it out loud. I'm an heir of Abraham. Abraham is my father of faith. And like Abraham, I am blessed. Amen. Who are we in Christ? We're blessed as we hearken and obey. We are blessed as we hearken and obey. Deuteronomy 28. Now look, I might give you references out of the Old Testament because they might be my favorites or they might be very concise or very clear, but this is all through the New Testament. You know, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus said, he didn't just say when the lost, he said, make disciples teaching them to obey. But, you know, we just give you some of these verses because they are, I guess, classic, some of our favorites. Deuteronomy 28, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the King James says, if thou shalt hearken to uh, uh, and observe to do, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you will Obey the Lord your God. You'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. So you don't have to move to the country to be blessed. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey. It's amazing. It's been in the Bible the whole time. But man, God's people really, 
They, get, they really have a problem with this. They really have a problem with action. They got to, but you know, now the whole country's that way. Of all the stupid things, you know, why don't they call me and ask me what to do? You know, <clears throat> you know, hey, we have a genius idea. We're going to pay everybody unemployment, and then we're going we're gonna to put a $600 kicker on it. Uh, you know, if they had called me and asked me, I'd have said, hey, are you stoned? Nobody's going to want to go back to work. All you're going to do is run up the debt. How about not doing that? Did you know in Switzerland? Did you know in Switzerland they're putting, they're putting some of their preeminent doctors on trial for misinformation and spreading fear and paranoia and panic on this? They're ahead of us. They're ahead of... These people have done more damage than any drug dealer in the history of drug dealers. Oh, Pastor man, he old. He he's so old. He believes the Bible. Well, I still got a job. I still have somewhere to go. Hallelujah. I keep pulling ahead. Hallelujah. One of my uh, long-term members says, Pastor, he sent me a birthday card. Pastor, you're not old. You're just old school. Amen. Amen. Faith in God. You don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. Amen. Tell your neighbor, faith in, faith in God. All you need is faith in God. Notice all these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey. Say, if I obey. Say it out loud, as I hearken and obey, I am blessed, I'm blessed as I obey. So if, I didn't come down here to hear about, you know, uh, obeying and action and doing the word of God. Well, I don't know why not. You hid in your basement and you quit going to work and you wore a mask and, and they tell you to, you know, shoot, shoot up with something that's going to change your DNA. And, and people just line up, just line up, just line up like little two-year-olds. The answer to all of it is hell no. Dear God, I'm off course. Now, I understand, you know, we were in Miami and the hotel we stay at there, and I understand, you know, because they got to stay open. I, I understand they got rules, and I'm not, a, I'm not a rebel. I guess generally I'm not. And, uh, you know, so, so I understand. I understand, uh, you know, uh, put a mask on to walk through the lobby, put a mask on to uh, go through their public areas. You know, I understand. I understand. I understand. But I'm not wearing a mask at home. That's just stupid. Man, I've been married 45 years, so it hasn't scared me yet, so why would I put a, why would I wear a mask at home? 
And you know, all we got going on, the mask is not going to stop any virus. <laughs> this whole thing is stupid. Think I'm going to get somebody's permission to squeeze and hug my grandbabies? Are you out of your mind? You think I need the president's position to go out in the backyard and barbecue a hot dog come the 4th of July? See, if, if America, if America would be as diligent about following the instructions of the Holy One of Israel as much as they have been diligent about following the instructions of Dr. Fraudauchi, <laughs> then they would be blessed in their homes, they'd be blessed in their bodies, they'd be blessed in their marriages, and they would be running their lives with no debt whatsoever. Don't you get it? It's idolatry. It's idolatry. It's idolatry. It's idolatry. It's idolatry. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me, truly. The damage, the damage. Because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But fear cometh by hearing, and fear cometh by the fraudster. If you will obey God and follow his commands, if you will hearken to and observe and to do, then you will be blessed. Say it out loud, whatever I do shall prosper. Whatever I do is blessed by God. God is blessing all the work of my hands as I hearken and obey. So disobedience opens the door to the curse, but obedience opens the door to a blessed life. So shut the door on the curse and open the door to God's blessings. Who are we in Christ? We are the sons of God. Say, I am his child. I'm a child of God. I'm an heir of Almighty God. I'm a joint heir with Christ. In Christ, I have the peace of God. There may be trouble, but Jesus overcame trouble on my behalf. I am his child. I'm a child of God. And then new ground, who are we in Christ? We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Say it out loud. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And this really comes to the heart and the soul of our problem. This is the problem. And we come to the heart of it right here. That's why when Fred Price came two times, we didn't have to go through our music and call out bad songs. Because I learned from him decades earlier to not sing junk and not sing doubt and not sing unbelief at church. So we don't sing about how such a worm is I. See, this is where, but this is it, man. This is the beef, this is the problem, because part of it is because God's people haven't been taught, but part of it is, frankly, it is so wonderful. It's hard to believe. I get that. But literally, 
We don't earn our righteousness. We don't deserve our righteousness. We don't work our way up to righteousness. We are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But it happens by faith, and apparently that's the issue, that's the beef, that's the problem, because people want to do all this by works. It happens by faith, Romans 4, we'll get to that. But the problem is, frankly, it, see, if I don't think highly of myself, and I'm not talking about being full of it, I'm talking about having a biblical understanding of who I am. See, when I walk into the throne room of God in the name of Jesus, as long as I have confessed my sins and asked Jesus, asked Father God in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins, as long as I've done that, when I go into the throne room of God in the name of Jesus, I am just as righteous as Jesus standing there himself. And it's nothing I earned, it's nothing I deserved. I have been made, you have been made the righteousness of God Christ. And this is why people have trouble believing God for this, and that's why they have trouble believing God for that, because Satan is always there, Satan's always there, and if he's not there, your mother-in-law or your mom or your dad or your wife or somebody is always there to remind you how you do not measure up. But we don't go to God based on what relatives have to say. We go to God based on what God has said, in Christ, because of his work on our behalf, our righteousness is a gift from God. Romans 5, 17, for if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So righteousness is a gift, and through that righteousness, we are to rule and reign in life. Say it out loud. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and I am to rule and to reign in life. In Christ, we are to rule and reign over every circumstance and all the works of the enemy. Our righteousness comes by faith. Look at Romans 3.22. Romans 3.22. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Through faith, we are made to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So righteousness is available to all of those who believe. Abraham, the father of our faith, was declared righteous by faith. I just read this last night and this morning, Galatians, they, they were getting back into the law. They were celebrating Jewish holidays. I mean, it's really sad to me, but there's a guy right here in this county, and he was word of faith. He was word of faith, but now he's doing the whole Jewish thing. It's really sad. I guess he doesn't know the book of Galatians is in the New Testament. His father-in-law used to teach what I'm teaching this morning. Apparently, he wasn't paying attention. You cannot get there by going back to Judaism and celebrating holidays and Shabbat and all of that. Because what we're talking about comes by faith. It doesn't come by celebrating festivals. It doesn't come by celebrating holidays. It doesn't come by circumcision. It doesn't come by Shabbat. It comes by faith. Consider Abraham, Galatians 3, 6. 
He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. It was credited to him as righteousness. It was credited to him as righteousness. You know, I've got some, a little bit of pool work needs to be done at my house and Austin asked me, what last time you had that done, what did that cost? And because it's very involved. And I said, well, I have to look it up. So I went in the house, looked it up, and then I remembered the story because uh, of the way that the company's owner's sister had done me. The company's owner, when the bill came, was $3,800, but he put on the bill a credit for $1,900. Is that right? So the bill was half, $1,900. See, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't get down there and do the work. I didn't get in the pool and pull the tile off and reset the tile. I, I didn't do any work. It wasn't something I, I worked for. It wasn't something that I earned. It wasn't something that I deserved. It was because somebody issued a credit. Can you see that? I've got a suit in my closet. I think I wore it Wednesday night when I went over there to pick it up in Dallas. And, and you don't even want to know what this was. I went over there to pick it up in Dallas. And, and, and I said, well, how much do I owe you? They said, forget about it. This was a miracle from God because in, in 65 years, this has happened one time. Nobody ever says, forget about it. Not on a suit. So I didn't earn it. I didn't wash cars or I didn't like... Uh, put clothes out out of their warehouse. I didn't, uh, I didn't work for it. I didn't deserve it. I, I didn't do anything for it. It was a credit. It was a credit to my account. And that's what righteousness is in Christ Jesus. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. Yeah, but I was good this week and, and, and I didn't cuss one time. Well, that's great. You know, that's really great. But that doesn't mean you earned heaven. That's really great. That's really, I wasn't mean to my wife one time this week. That's great. And you know what? Repeat that and do that again. But that doesn't mean you earned your prayers answered. See, we have a part to play, but that doesn't mean that makes us righteous. Righteousness is a gift from God, and righteousness can only come through faith in Jesus Christ and through faith in the word of God. Romans 4, 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were, confession, against hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as it had been said to him, just as it had been said to him, just as it had been said to him, just as it had been said to him. So the point is he believed God and he latched on to what God had said in spite of contrary evidence. Let me run this again. We'll run this through again. He believed God and he latched on to what God said and he believed what God said and he confessed what God said in spite of contrary evidence. And so became the father of many nations just as it had been said to him, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be without weakening in his faith. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. You know, she's about 90 and no, no, no science, no surrogate mom, baby mamas, no, no uh, 
No, no clinics, no way of doing anything artificially. I mean, this 100-year-old man with a 90-year-old woman. Now, that's faith, brother. I mean, that's faith. Faith doesn't deny the circumstances. Faith believes God in spite of the circumstances. Say it out loud. Faith doesn't deny the circumstances. Faith believes God in spite of the circumstances. Romans 4.20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, again, going back to the word of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, gave glory to God. That's what they have never done in 15 months on this COVID thing. Nobody, 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 even whether you worship this politician or that politician, none of them gave glory to God. being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words that was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Say it out loud. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. So why do so many Christians fail to live it? Why do so many Christians fail to live a blessed life? Because they don't actually live as if they are the righteousness of God in Christ. They don't actually live a sanctified life, a life set apart unto God. Yeah, sanctified life. You are the righteousness of God in Christ, but you must actually live as if you are the righteousness of God in Christ. So I just can't go do what I want. I mean, I'm telling you what, in the last 15 months, I mean, I, I empathize, I empathize, I empathize, I do, I, I empathize. I mean, there have been times in the last 15 months, I, I thought to myself, I told Sue, you know, I could use a drink. But I just don't do it. And you know, Christians, you know, Christians, forget about, you know, the average American gaining 40 pounds in the last 12 months. You know, Christians, we don't eat, we don't drink, we don't chew, we don't go with girls who do. But what do Christians do? We eat. You know, we get stressed. What do we do when we get stressed? We eat. So we just have to make up our mind See, if we will inform ourselves and believe the Word of God and then act like the Word of God is so, it'll totally change our lives. Amen. And the damage done. I guess I'm on it this morning. Did you know, did you know, did you know that in January of 2021, as many teenagers committed suicide as committed suicide in all of 2019? These people should be put in shackles and leg irons, marched off to prison to never be let loose again. Amen. Did you know, did you know Dr. Peter McCullough, professor of medicine at Texas A&M, has his offices in Dallas, says that for the first time in history, they would not permit the treat, early treatment of this 
COVID-19, and he says, and he gives all the different ways that they have successfully treated it, and he says 85%, of the dead could have been saved. It was an agenda. The whole thing was an agenda. Now, for what purpose or reason, I don't know. It was an agenda. It was an agenda. But see, if I renew my mind to the Word of God, I don't fall for this, and I don't fall for that, and and I don't confess this, and I don't confess that. You know, Austin was on the phone with a dear Christian sister in the Lord and said, you know, she's got trouble with her car because her car hasn't been in service in more than a year because, you know, she was worried about droplets. And all of that's been disproved. You know, I'm a child of the, of the 60s. I went to school in the 60s, and they taught us in the 60s that a virus can only survive for so many hours. But apparently, they had people believing, man, this sucker would, you know, be viable for months and, and weeks, and you know. I mean, I knew better than that. It didn't even take me any faith to know better than that. See, if you, don't re- if you don't stand for something, listen to me. Listen to me real close right here. I'll change your life. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. If you don't have faith in God, see, G.K. Chesterton said that when you give up God, when you give up faith in God, that doesn't mean you have no faith. That means you believe something else. And somebody might come along and say, oh, man, he crazy. He believes he's the righteousness of God. Man, he crazy. He believes he's blessed coming in, blessed going. Man, he crazy. Well, it's working. Sure working better than what, what they got going out here now. Yeah. Say it out loud. Thank you, Father God. You have made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There's a guy right down the road, right down the road, got faith on the name of the building, and when he's laying hands on the sick, he wears rubber gloves, like kitchen rubber gloves. I mean, what the hell? Take the, look, I got no problem with the rubber gloves, because, you know, everybody's got to operate at their level, but take the name faith off the deal. Call it the Church of Playtex Living Gloves. <laughs> you know, man sitting right here, you know, had got it early. Went to the hospital. First day back. He'll tell you. First, first, first day back. I hugged his neck out there. I'm not afraid of nothing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody here got it, beat it. Amen. 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 We have not buried anybody in 2020 or 2021. We have not buried one person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout of victory. 
And that's why they don't want churches open. That's why they arrested that guy in Canada because he said, he said, we held church 31 weeks and nobody got sick. He said, they can't allow this. They can't allow us to stay open because we disprove everything they're saying. You get a bunch of God's people worshiping God. You get a bunch of people lifting their hands and worshiping God. You get a bunch of people hearing the word of God and the devil is defeated. Shout out loud, the devil is defeated. So the promises of God's word will never become a reality in your life until you plant them, sow them. It's a seed by speaking them into the soil of your heart, your life. God's word is given to you as a seed for what you need. So force the good soil of your heart and your life to produce with your confession of the word of God and force the circumstances of your life to change with your confession of God's word. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.